Als je mee wil pompommen, dan moet je gewoon invallen, hè? Ja, nou, ik, ik, uh, dat is goed. Ik, ik wacht het even af. <laughs> Welcome to the Soundstream Media Soundstream Podcast. Pom pom. This time with you. Yes, the Soundstream Media. Welcome to the Soundstream Media, Asiel. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for How are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing great. Yes, it's it's a pleasure for me. Well, you are you are the my, my pot daddy, I guess that's the term for this, the person that uh, gets you into podcasting. Yeah, the pot father. The pot, oh, sorry, the pot father. Oh, po- yeah, sorry, pot daddy's house. <laughs> yeah, well, we uh, yeah, I think this is the first time since what is it July or so that I'm uh, again in a podcast. So that's quite a while. Well, I'm sorry to, to, to bring your addiction back then. I, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> I know it's bad for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, but it's so good for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, well, the year has just started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's our second episode. So I thought, what better time for a year in review. Uh, to look back at a year uh, that had its difficulties... Um, and I don't know if you've heard this, Jules, but have you heard people say that 2020 was a terrible year and very traumatizing? And have you heard those type of stories from people? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I, I was thinking maybe it's 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 fun to take that a little serious and and look at a year in review about uh, human rights in Turkey. Okay. <laughs> at least that, that that's a way to start it, and this is also just as a as a mental exercise to maybe see. You know, maybe sitting at home, locked locked in at home, maybe it's not the worst thing that can happen to you during a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> you're excited about that? Definitely, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really do not have to be, but, you know. <laughs> so we start actually with, uh, like, uh, of course, Turkey also had uh, um, uh, COVID problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they, they, one of the things they did is they released a crap ton of prisoners. Uh, around 90,000 of the 300,000 imprisoned, oh. which well, actually sounds to me, I don't know how it sounds to you, it sounds to me like a pretty good, sounds like a relatively good measure. Yeah, yeah, right? I think so, yeah. The problem with this, of course, is that um, they've released a lot of people, a lot of uh, criminals, mobsters, organized crime, and... Um, uh, reporters of domestic violence seen that there is a, a rise in cases since uh, April in domestic violence. Okay. A significant rise. Um, are the same that either terrorism or espionage has been um, released from prison, which means, um, this is a little bit of a translation thing that mm-hmm. you need to know. Uh, people that are in for terrorism and espionage are oftentimes journalists, dissidents, lawyers, Mm-hmm. And that stuff. So they did a massive prison release, which is great for COVID purposes. Yeah. But they released the wife beaters and the mobsters, and they kept in the lawyers and the journalists. Ah, that's very um, unfortunate. <laughs> sorry? That's very unfortunate, yeah. That is incredibly unfortunate. Um, now, don't worry, not, not the entire episode is going to be about uh, human rights violations in Turkey. It's just to start off and, and sort mm-hmm. of set the scene. Um, there is... like a whole list of things that happen, of course, and I'm not going to go through all of them um, because you have, this is the latest raid. They do raids on on journalists, on on lawyers, on on all those people. Mm -hmm. The last one that I found was on November 20th where they they got 72 people in raids 
in eastern Turkey. Oh. Uh, 72, I, there's been not many days this year that I've seen 72 people. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they just, they did it in one day. November 20th was the last day that I found that they did something like this, but okay. I probably have missed something that happened in December. Mm -hmm. um, you get like lists of court cases that either people get uh, convicted, mm -hmm. uh, like a man who, uh, an, a politician who, a uh, politician named, and I will apologize for the name. Well, not for the name, for me pronouncing the name. Mm -hmm. The name is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Gergeloglu. Gergeloglu? All right. Something like that. Um, he, he said that imprisoned strip searches often lead to, to sexual violence and that caused him to be deemed a terrorist and be imprisoned. Um, and then on the other hand, you have two police, or not, it's a group of police officers that get acquitted for killing an eight-year-old boy with a gas canister. Okay. So you have, right, that is, you know, yeah. Um, so it, that, that's messy. Yeah. Now, there's two stories that I really want to talk about, like when it comes to human rights in Turkey. Mm -hmm. um, one is a story I'm going to, if 2021 is going to be that year, Jules, mm -hmm. um, and it might, it might not, it might, we don't know yet. This is the story that I'm going to think about. This is the story that's going to, it's going to put everything into perspective for me. Okay. Um, and it's a story that starts with uh, four journalists being arrested for reporting a story. And the story is the following story. Now, it, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm going to laugh a couple times during this story. It's utterly tragic. <laughs> okay. But it's also so absurd that it's, it's something special. We'll forgive um, you. <laughs> the two men, uh, one is called Turgut, uh, who died during the story. And another one is called Siban. He survived. But he survives this whole ordeal uh, just, just barely. All right. Uh, they're two Kurdish farmers as far as we've been able to figure this out. Um, they get arrested at some point, and uh, a small time later, they both show up in hospitals with severe uh, broken bones. They've been just grinded to a pulp. Okay. Now, there are four different stories on how this happened. Now, the first is sort of two stories. It's the official story, and if the official story has two versions, that's a bad sign, Yeah. If, <laughs> yeah. If the police says it, it's one of these two stories, it's usually not a great, a great sign. They either say um, that they jumped out of a helicopter trying to escape, or that they jumped off something, tried to escape, and that they then got them into the helicopter. Okay. Personally, I would say a good police officer would be able to reconstruct what happened. Yeah. <laughs> because they had the, th you know, they had the, uh, the chopper. But this was the army, I think, by the way. So mm. maybe that's a difference. All right. Now, the second story is that they were pushed out of the helicopter. Okay. Which, I mean, that's not an unusual story in a dictatorial regime. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm, I shouldn't be calling Turkey that, but in an autocratic regime. Yeah. Now, the third one is that they were in the helicopter. The helicopter landed in a group of soldiers. And they were pushed, up, uh, pushed off the helicopter and the soldiers beat them up. Okay, yeah. This seems, I've seen this story come up, I think, the most often. Okay. However, there's a couple instances from the story uh, that say that these two men both had falling injury, 
like falling from severe heights. Okay. So there's another story going about, and that is that these two men got not only got thrown off a flying helicopter, but they got thrown off into a group of soldiers, which proceeded to beat them up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which is whatever in 2021. I'm gonna bet. This story is going to make it seem like a cakewalk. It's going to be easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because whatever happened, you didn't get thrown. <laughs> you didn't get thrown in a helicopter on top of a lynch mob. That's no. I, I have to tell you, yesterday I watched the James Bond movie, Spectre, you know, the we're, yeah, we're, yeah. All, we're waiting for the new one, but it's, it's postponed <laughs> and postponed due to, due, due to COVID, of course. No, someone, someone is sabotaging James. We all know ah. what's going on. <laughs> and, uh, well, he actually fought against two persons within this helicopter. And they were, uh, it was at the Dia de los Muertos in Mexico City. <laughs> yes. And he pushed two people, well, he kicked, James Bond kicked two people out of this helicopter. So I can make this a visual one, this story. But uh, they, th those two... They they just fell to death and they were not punched afterwards <laughs> by military groups. So well, but yeah, it's an, it's interesting that you mentioned this, Jules, because that is a possible fifth so solution. Right? Oh. They were beaten on the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a story like this, you never know. Mm -hmm. um, then this is this is the this is the last in this category of stories. After this, we get to the real stories. This is just you know the mm -hmm. uh, the uh, how do you call this the entree. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, this is a, about an, uh, a journalist. Uh, who lives in Turkey, so don't worry about this guy, he's, he's going to be fine. Um, it's a, Tur a Turkish journalist, originally Turkish, I think he's still Turkish. Don't know, I haven't checked. Kan Dundar, who is sentenced to 27 and a half years in prison. Okay. Um, for espionage. Like I said, usually these people go into jail for terrorism or espionage. That's the two things. Yeah. Um, this guy reported on uh, Turkish intelligence services. Mm-hmm. Um, smuggling or trucking is the official word that he used I think in his story uh, weapons to uh, radical Islamist terrorist organizations in Syria okay which this is something that I find slightly uh, hilarious uh, that he is now deemed a terrorist a spy um, well you know uncovering Spies and terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a, you know, something nice and symbolic in, in its own little way. Mm -hmm. But this brings us to the real story. Um, because Turkey has had a very, very interesting year. Um, and I mean that on the international relations stage. Mm -hmm. So what I really want to do is sort of look at where Turkey is in 2020 uh, when it comes to international relations. Okay. And this is <clears throat> not a very happy story. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not, it's not Disney, but I think it's an interesting story. And I think there is something, as far as, as I wouldn't call myself a journalist in any way, but as far as my journalist <laughs> abilities <Instinct>. go. <laughs> yeah, my, well, I don't know what it is. My, uh, my journalist pink, pinky. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some very, very big moves around Turkey in the next two years. Okay. Uh, and I was talking talking about it with a with a previous guest on the show. I won't say who. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, she was also saying like, 
something that she said that she was talking with someone in Turkey who also said like I've seen um, he dealt a lot with refugees and he said I've seen all these refugees coming from places that have tumbled down and I know what signs to look for and he said Turkey's not going in the right direction there hmm. um, so let me ask you what do you remember of the year 1974 1974 <clears throat> well I wasn't born then <laughs> uh, sure 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 so what, any great any great stories? Well, the the only uh, significant thing I can think about is the World Cup. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, where uh, Johan Cruyff, uh, as the Dutch captain, uh, really uh, showed Europe why he was the best player back then. And um, World Cup was in West Germany, I think. Uh, yeah, and they, uh, we, we of course lost the final. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so. that's, that's, well, luckily, luckily for us, we weren't the only ones that uh, lost something in mm -hmm. 1974. Um, 1974, uh, Greece still had a milita military junta. Okay. Um, and the military junta in Greece backs a coup in Cyprus. Okay. Um, they do this sort of to, to sort of get Cyprus within their sphere of influence. And Turkey responds by invading Cyprus. Hmm. They do this under the code name Operation Antilla. I said, why, you would, why you would call your military operation after Antilla Dan? I don't really know. Um, and that is sort of what leads to the separation of Cyprus. Okay. Right? So you have northern Cyprus, um, which is considered by everyone except from Turkey. Mm -hmm. Northern Cyprus, Cyprus is considered being occupied by the Turks, and the rest of Cyprus, the Republic of Cyprus, is an independent country. Okay. Uh, what is important to know is that the Turks themselves, the, Tur the, the government stands in Turkey, is that northern Turkey, uh, sorry, northern Cyprus is a separated country. Okay. But that country is only being recognized by Turkey. So wait, so but Cyprus is is an island, of course. Mm -hmm. So and this nor northern part is that the northern part of this island, or yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have the shape? It looks a bit like um, yeah. Do you know these? Uh, the, oh, sh now I'm gonna try to explain something with something else I can't explain. You have these these uh, all the listeners these horned are beetles. Do you know these horned beetles? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah it, the, the island looks a bit like a horned beetle, mm -hmm. and the horn. Which goes sort of like in the armpit of Turkey. Yeah. Oh man, this is tough. I should have been an artist. Um, <laughs> that that bit, and then a little bit more. That is the northern part of Tur uh, northern part of, of Cyprus. For everybody who's listening, please imagine this in your mind how <laughs> this is, looks. <laughs> or maybe you can just look up a picture on Google Maps or Google uh, <laughs> Google Images. But yeah, no. Okay, so I was trying to Bob Ross this motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> you, di you did. <laughs> okay, yeah. So this northern part, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's important to consider the situation in Cyprus, because Cyprus mm -hmm. plays a huge deal, uh, plays a huge part in, in a lot of disputes that are happening around Turkey. Okay. Now, a thing that has happened since 1974 is that the Eastern Mediterranean, um, and this goes sort of like if you draw a line from, say, the Greek, say from Albania mm -hmm. downwards to Benghazi, and then everything to the east of that. Okay. 
in that area, gas is being found. Yeah. Quite a lot. In some areas, it's quite a lot of, of gas underneath the ocean. So there's a lot of economic interest in this region. Yeah. And growing economic interest in this region because they're finding more. Um, it's the groaning end of Europe. Sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on January 2nd, something happens. This is January 2nd in, in 2020. Mm-hmm. Is that Israel, Greece and Cyprus sign a pipeline deal. Uh, Six billion uh, euros. Mm-hmm. And it's a pipeline that basically goes from Israel to Cyprus, to Crete, to the rest of Europe. Okay. Now the Turks get pissed about this, obviously, because they're being uh, well, excluded they're being from the out of their pipeline. Like they had a pipeline already mm. perfectly fine, okay. but this one is constructed to keep Turkey out. And uh, you might say, well, they're just, you know, that's not necessarily true, but Turkey has a little bit of a claim there uh, because these there is an, an, a new entity called the East Mediterranean Gas Forum. Mm-hmm. And this is a list of countries that you do not often see together cooperating. List so far includes Israel, Jordan, Greece, Cyprus, Egypt, the Palestinian authorities, and Italy. And its observers are the, UA, uh, the EU, the United States, and the United Arab Emirates. Oh. The observers are also very interesting. Uh the, the, Already, right? Yeah. So you, yeah. have a, you have a list of countries that include Israel and Palestine <laughs> cooperating. <laughs> but Turkey has never been invited. Okay. Now, I've seen on, on, on the Wikipedia, it says actually that Turkey is going to be considered being a member in 2021. I have looked, because I tend to trust Wikipedia, but I've seen articles that said the opposite. Mm-hmm. So I was, I've been looking over the internet trying to find if there was anything that said that anyone was considering Turkey, and it seems to be the explicit opposite. Okay. It seems to be no Turkey. That Turkey is being left out on purpose. Okay. Uh, the other notable uh, um, people that are not on the list, of course, that might have a, that in the, are in the Eastern Mediterranean is, of course, Syria, which yeah. I'm guessing they're not really into... Gas now. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, that's difficult once you... <laughs> Um, and Libya but we'll get to Libya because Libya actually will come Syria also both of these countries we're not done with them yet Um, so on the 30th of January a boat called the uh, Orcus Reis um, goes into Greek what is called a Greek EEZ that's called an economic exclusive zone Mm -hmm. Basically, it is an area where a country has exclusive economics, uh, economic rights, yeah. right? So, okay. sort of, um, if you live in the Netherlands, then, then Tessel would be, around Tessel is an exclusive economic right. We can do things there. You know, I'm not sure how it um, yeah. works in Europe, but the British cannot come in there and, and start to... to uh, I think, gas out of the yeah, yeah, I think this is this is a particular topic where the the UK and the and the EU were uh, debating about with yeah. the, with the Brexit deal, the fishermen, and yeah, okay, so exactly, uh, yeah, um, yeah. So it's not <laughs> so the British can rest assured it's it's not just them. <laughs> um, this this leads to a whole kind of shit show, right? The the Greeks are up in arms. Um, and then it sort of starts to escalate. And then in February, the 
the Turkish say uh, at some point, well, you remember we had all these refugees here? We're just going to send them your way now, right? Mm-hmm. So at that point, Greece is like, okay, we have to fortify the border. So the Greeks start to fortify the border. The Turks are like, the Greeks are fortified, fortifying the border. They start to fortify the border. It's just, it's a shit show, yeah. right? And yeah. then I think in March, actually, talks were planned between the EU and Turkey. Mm-hmm. But because of COVID, these talks didn't quite, you know, happen as they were planned. Yeah, okay. Um, so this whole situation starts, we're sort of going into the summer on, on a kind of a, a low note, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now, during the summer, Greece starts to sign economic, exclusive economic zone treaties with different countries, yeah. uh, notably Egypt and Italy. So they agree over what is their territory at sea. Okay. Now, <laughs> we can make a deal, of course, but that doesn't mean my neighbor agrees with, yeah. like, I, we, the two of us could divvy up the old territory between Amsterdam and The Hague. Yeah. But someone in Leiden might have something to say about that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so Turkey is sort of left out of this. What Turkey does do, Turkey signs one of these things with Libya. Okay. Um, with one of the Libyas. There are two Libyas at the moment. Um, and they have been supporting the UN-backed government in Tripoli. Okay. Um, and they've also been trying to support them militarily and through that they've also given some economic rights so that is sort of their one ally in this in this gas conflict yeah now <laughs> um this this whole thing goes through the summer it also like at some point greece calls for sanctions over the uh, hagia sophia oh. because erdogan turns that into a into a mosque mm-hmm. or like a practicing mosque it was always like sort of a mosque, I guess, but a mosque that's actually used for that. And then Greece calls for EU sanctions over that. Of course, it's not really just about that. It's, it's, it's it's also about other things. Yeah. Um, what is interesting about that whole Hagia Sophia is two things. First of all, uh, this was a thing in the human rights. When I was researching human rights, I, I read about this, uh, this Belgian, um, uh, nude model called, wait one second. She, and uh, she makes pictures in different places, and she does it nude. Um, Papa, Marisa Papa, which is fine. That's her, that's her, her thing. That's what she likes to do. I guess it's art. And uh, she has one in the, in the Hagia Sophia where she has a burqa on, and she lifts up. She flashes you. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Turks were not very happy with it. She also had a picture which she was laying on a red, well, carpet thingy. Mm-hmm. And then in the censored version, she had on her one nipple the moon of the Turkish flag and the other one the star of the Turkish flag. Okay. Uh, in the uncensored version, this was done a little bit more artsy, incorporating the nipple. Mm. This is a Bob Ross episode, if I ever heard one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the Turks were not very happy with that. So she was, I think, like six years she had to go to prison. But oh. I don't think she was in Turkey anymore. I think she got, she got out. She left so. in time, yeah. She's busy now getting arrested in the in the Vatican. Um, <laughs> she yeah. already did. This was a fun side thing I was I was researching. Okay. Um, another th- interesting thing about the Hagia Sophia is that when he when Erdogan turned this back into a practicing mosque, mm-hmm. 
one would expect a lot of Muslim countries to respond positively to this, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, sure. Reason, reason, one, one could assume. Yeah. This is absolutely not what happened. Okay. Um, Saudi Arabia came out with a statement is, is that this move by Erdogan was harming the uh, status as heritage site from this particular site. Okay. Um, and I think the only countries that actually, maybe I'm wrong, I think it was Qatar and Pakistan uh, that, that were actually happy with the move. And the rest of the, of the international Muslim yeah. countries were not necessarily happy with this move. Hmm. Which is interesting, and it tells you something about the, the political situation. We'll get back to this later, but it tells you something about the political situation Turkey is in right now. Yeah. That this is not being greeted with applause. Mm -hmm. um, then in August, in August something fun happens. happens. August, <laughs> two boats, two frigate-class ships, one called the Kemal Reis and the other one called the Limus, mm -hmm. or the Limas, um, they poop into each other. Okay. They have a whole Mediterranean <laughs> <laughs> <It's> Sea. <laughs> and they boop into each other. Um, the story is, is a little vague. Uh, apparently the Greek boat tried to maneuver out of it and in its maneuvering out it, it booped the butt of the Turkish boat. Uh, it, they do it Greek style, shall yeah. we say. Yeah. Oh. And um, the Turkish boat was damaged and the Greek boat wasn't. <laughs> so... This was probably the worst sea battle in history, <laughs> I imagine. Even though there is this one, there's this one war. I should have looked this up. I didn't think about this. There's this one war uh, far in history where there was two countries. I think the Netherlands was one of them. I think the Netherlands won this war actually, where there was two boats and one boat shoots. Like, I think not even like a big cannon, just a small thing. And they shoot like a, some sort of a cup that belongs to like the queen of that country. Okay. And then the other boat surrenders and the country surrenders because they're afraid of the sharpshooters that they have on their boats. And it turned out it was a complete accidental shot. There is something along the lines of an old war that, that was done in that way. Yeah, but yeah. apart from that, this is the shittest naval battle I've ever heard. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So then a little bit happens. Uh, what is an interesting thing that Greece has said that it will increase its defense spending. And this is the first time since the economic crash that this okay. happens. Hmm. Um, to about a billion a year. They Where noticed. do they get the money? I hear you ask. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hmm. They're betting on those gas dollars, I think, but I've... They're just pulling it out of their ass. I have yeah. no idea where they get this money from. Okay. Um, then, and this is where we're going to get over to like the bigger story. This is sort of the last big story that happened. Second to last big story mm -hmm. is in November, Greece and the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, friends of the show, if I may say so, <laughs> signed a strategic corporation treaty. Now, this is to, to say they will defend each other. During the summer, the Turkish-Greek relationship really heats up, right? It was some. It has been described as the worst year since 1974, which should tell you something about the relationship. Yeah. And the only country that sent military aid to Greece, sent planes to Crete, was the UAE. The United Arab Emirates mm. sent planes to support 
Greece if something should happen. And Greece, is Greece a member of NATO or? Greece and Turkey are both members of NATO. Yeah, okay. Yes. Hmm. Uh, and it's, it's completely unknown what would happen if something would go wrong between yeah. Greece and Turkey. Um, okay. But it's interesting here though that Turkey has said a couple times that Greece should stop dragging the EU into their regional conflict, which <laughs> I find hilarious. Because <laughs> I don't know, I thought that was at least a little bit part of the purpose where you were in it anyway. Like it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just like when you're having an argument with somebody and uh, somebody's giving his opinion and you say it's not your business, you know, <laughs> those yeah. kind of things. Yeah, yeah. I was also thinking a little bit like you know, if I pick a fight with a hell's angel. Mm-hmm. which I have no business to do. And he gets his buddy, and I'm like, yo, man, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's not fair. That's not fair. You man. know what's not fair? And then, uh, yeah. 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 So that has happened too. Uh, but yeah, they're both part of NATO, and it actually becomes a big part of the story later. Um, okay. And NATO has tried to fix it. In September, NATO actually stepped in and tried to calm everything down. Yeah, well, they're not at war, so one could argue that it's working. Uh, (laughs) I don't really know. Um, But the question is a little bit now, what the hell, United Arab Emirates? Yeah. Why why do the United Arab Emirates like the Greeks so much? Yeah. Um, Well, the idea, and this is a thing... um, I read in Al Jazeera, so you should take it with a little bit of grain of salt, mm-hmm. because Al Jazeera is more or less state media from Qatar. Uh, I like it, I think it's generally good, but you, I feel like I have to mention it if I use it oh, sure. yeah. when the UAE is involved, right? Yeah. Um, the idea is to create a bridge between basically stretching the area between France, Greece, Israel, Saudi Arabia, UAE and Bahrain, all the way up to India. Okay. And this allegiance is sort of to, to form a block against Turkey, Azerbaijan, Pakistan, and in a way Iran. But okay. you should keep Iran in a separate block, mm-hmm. right? Because Iran and Turkey... It's difficult. difficult. (laughs) Yeah, it's very complicated between those two. Yeah, yeah. Um, But then it's like, okay, why why is there so much tension towards Turkey from the rest of the Middle East, right? You can also say, like, it's sort of fighting the Western powers at this moment. Yeah. Um, And that might not in every circle in the the Arab world be seen as a bad thing. Mm Mm-hmm. However, that's absolutely not what seems to be the case. Now, one of the big things that Turkey is not much liked in the, uh, in the Arab or the Muslim Arab world mm-hmm. is because they support the Muslim Brotherhood. Okay. And the Muslim Brotherhood um, is very much against monarchies. Okay. And if there's one thing a lot of these countries have in common, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, UAE, they're all monarchies. Yeah. Um, and so they've had problems with the Muslim Brotherhood from the beginning of the Muslim Brotherhood, essentially. Similarly, Egypt had problems with the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, not, that, that story goes back s- 
since the inception of the Muslim Brotherhood, which was in Egypt. Okay. Um, so Egypt also sort of falls into the camp of, of anti-Turkish alignment there. And the only country supporting the Muslim Brotherhood as well is Qatar. Okay. okay. Which is one of the reasons they're now embargoed. Yeah. And it's another reason they don't like Turkey as much, because Turkey is trying to help Qatar with their embargo. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing that the, the Turks have been doing is sort of, sort of put up the idea of the Ottoman legacy. Mm-hmm. And there's small things and there's big things. Uh, I read an article about uh, Erdogan's new palace that mm-hmm. he has. And there's a lot of, and it's like a couple million, it's huge, and it has like neo-Ottoman architecture, and there's a guard in Ottoman. It's, it's mm-hmm. that kind of small things. Yeah. Uh, apparently you have TV shows about the Ottoman Empire, the small stuff. I also heard that they went into uh, in Syria at some point to secure uh, the remains of some Ottoman high person. They they went to in to secure a tomb. Oh, um, this was very early days when they were not like hugely into Syria yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and a thing that Erdogan has said, um, I think I think it was 2019. He said uh, that uh, Jerusalem is our city. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, if you want to make a ballsy move <laughs> yeah, in yeah. international politics, yeah. there's currently three religions and two countries that claim it, to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. You're going to piss everyone off. Yeah. <laughs> this, this pisses everyone. It pisses off the Palestinians, you piss off the Saudis, you piss off the Israelis, you piss off probably the Americans at this point. Yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. um, hates this. So, and this is also one of the reasons Israel, that used to be sort of semi allied to Turkey, because it was one of the few countries that would have sort of accept that it existed. Yeah. Um, Israel also moved into that block with the other Arab nations. Okay. So there's been a lot of, you've probably heard this talk that, that Trump sort of brought peace to the Middle East. I don't know if you've heard this argument. Yeah, yeah, the, I have heard the claim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, if you want to believe in Jared Kushner, you can. <laughs> That's your thing. Have yeah. faith. However, I start to get suspicious when I see this and it's either oh, Jared Kushner or a common enemy in Turkey. I don't know. I don't know what I, I know what would get me together with someone I don't like. And it's, you know, as, mu- as nice a guy I'm sure it is, it's not Jared Kushner. No. <laughs> um, and Israel, like Israel had, has had a lot of, like Israel used to have strong ties to Turkey or relatively strong ties. Okay. Now this really starts to go down in 2010 um, when you have what is called the Mari Marmara incident. Of course. And that is, yeah, like, look, I had to look it up as well. You, you probably recognize it mm-hmm. uh, from the story. You probably recognize it. All right. There was a blockade around Gaza mm-hmm. and a, a, a Turkish human rights organization tied to Al-Qaeda. Uh, no, human rights, sorry. <laughs> I say that wrong. This would be hilarious. Uh, NGO. It's a Turkish NGO tied to Al-Qaeda. <laughs> okay. Um, I do think they used human rights as, their, as one of their things. Uh, try to break this blockade. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they did so with the boat named the Mari Marmara. Yeah. And the Israelis boarded the ship with special forces. 
Um, nine Turks, Turkish citizens got killed. Seven Israeli special forces got wounded okay. in this boat raid. And that soured relationships. Uh, like all the way from like uh, Israeli tourist gets harassed at airports in Turkey to Israel stops selling anything to Turkey uh, to actually the Turkish sort of managing to keep Israel out of NATO uh, mm. exercises. Sort of all that kind of good mess. Yeah. So good you fight. have, and since, since those days, also a factor to consider is Turkey supports the Muslim Brotherhood. And Hamas is an offshoot of the Muslim Brotherhood. Technically, they're not together anymore, but they're still very much tied. Okay. Uh, so you see, usually if the one pops up, the other one tends to pop up as well. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know if you know this by Israel, they're not big fans of Hamas. Yeah. I <laughs> don't <laughs> no. know if you're aware. All right. Um, so there you have like an, an, a fairly large sort of omni-shambles. Now it's also notable here to sort of zoom out for a second and think, okay, what what are actually the active or semi-active conflicts in the region and where are they standing? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's currently three, three and a half conflicts that Turkey is involved with. Okay. Um, I say three and a half because Iraq and Syria you can separate, but you kind of don't have to. Mm-hmm. So first you have the Syrian civil war, where the Turkish have been supporting of anti-Kurdish fighting groups, but they tend to take positions with um, fairly, well not tend, there there have been instances where they have been supporting fairly radical Islamist groups in this fight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also a little bit, some lighter, they've been sort of building up or given to a broader coalition. Mm -hmm. So there you can say they're not opposed to many of the other um, Arab nations. Right. Yeah. yeah. How and in the other one is Azerbaijan, Armenia. Also, not like they've not been. Saudi Arabia has not been deeply involved in Armenia, Azerbaijan. Mm-hmm. However, in Libya, they've been on opposite sides. Okay. Uh, where the Turkish have been supporting the UN-recognized uh, government in in Tripoli. Yeah. Saudi Arabia, UAE, Jordan, I think Jordan as well, have all been supporting uh, Haftar, General Haftar in uh, uh, Benghazi. All right. Uh, France as well, by the way. Hmm. Uh, so it's, that war has gotten really, really complicated. I think inter-EU hmm. are supporting different groups in that fight. Okay. I have to look this up how it is exactly. That, that whole internationally, that has gotten complete shit show. Yeah. We don't, madness. Okay. So now, how are you feeling about Turkey? How do you, um, if you were Turkey right now, how, how would you be feeling? <laughs> um, I mean, it's pretty complicated. It's, it's like, because they're, they're, within this fight, they're su- supporting different groups, of course. So I, what, what you're just mentioning, so that's pretty, pretty uh, complicated. Um, but you mean now overall in, in this phase? Yeah, sort of. Given we're not there yet, giving giving the information that you have right now, what do you? If you were in the position that Turkey was, how would you feel? What would you consider? Yeah, well, I. Uh, I think they messed <laughs> so much already up. 
I mean, uh, um, how should I put this? They're they're not the best, um, the most diplomatic country. Uh, they they have to really have their own interests, and um, I think they they make some things extremely complicated for themselves. And um, um, and I think in a way that it even. Um, and we see that, of course, that it also their own interests. Uh, um, uh, um, how do you say that? That their own interests even get uh, offended by uh, the moves they make and the positions they take. I think that's yeah. pretty problematic. Yeah. So there's a yeah. I was talking. I was talking about this um, earlier, and uh, uh, Lisa said to me something like, "Well, Erdogan is in in." sort of a, a difficult situation. Economically, Turkey is not doing so well, and we'll get to part of why that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has also lost, I don't know if you noticed, he lost the, his party lost the uh, municipality elections in Istanbul. Yeah. Um, and his approval numbers have been sort of waning. Okay. And so at some point, the question is a little bit like, what does he what can he do what kind of tools does he have to improve life of people or stay popular and he doesn't have a lot of tools left mm-hmm. so what she was saying and I, I kind of agree with her is that he doesn't have a lot of cards no but one of the cards he does still have is a big military and that is a good way to set up um, sort of rally around the flag ideas yeah. right so if you if you just show yourself militarily abroad or at least show your muscles you might drum up a little bit of support inside mm-hmm. yeah no i think that's a very fair point and i think um, um i totally agree that the the toolbox he has and used over the years i mean he doesn't have a lot of instruments left so and i think military and having a war and you also saw this of course during the first lockdown that people within countries fight against this virus. Uh, it makes that people um, get proud of their country. So I get that. But yeah, I mean, if you look at the long-term benefits of this, I'm, these kind of actions, it's of course not in the benefit of Turkey, the country. And the problem of uh, Erdogan is, uh, I believe that, and maybe you will elaborate on this, but he, of course, when he, when he started, when he started, um, he, uh, it went economically very well because he took measures to make sure that the, the country would flourish. And and now you see, and indeed, that uh, over the last couple of years, it's getting worse. And uh, he's getting pretty protectionistic. And um, uh, yeah, and, and as you point out, and as Lisa said, he doesn't have a lot of tools left. And so he's picking some fights and hopes that people get behind him. But yeah, he's running out. He's running out of time and... Yeah, and power. This, like this is one of the things I would say. And this is one of the reasons I want to talk about this now, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a something has to happen. Yeah, like you're playing poker, you have a hand, and at some point we'll see the flop. Yeah, right. Um, however, there's one there's one country that is big naval power in the Mediterranean, neighboring country of Turkey. And might be able to alleviate some of the problems. Are you Which talking? hero of the people do you think I'm talking about? 
Yeah, which country? Yes. Well, leader of the country, country, uh, national anthem. <laughs> so I'm thinking because you sp you spoke about Greece, of course, who uh, increased their military power. But mm -hmm. is this the one? <laughs> Or no, 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 no. Greece and no. Turkey are not. Those are no, not that's why. Campus together anytime soon. Uh, no. Uh, no, you have to help me. I don't... It's the it's it's the great republic of Russia. <laughs> okay, yeah. Don't forget about the Russians. And if you look yeah. at Russia, sure. It's not like if you just look at the surface of things. Mm -hmm. um, it's not looking so bad, Turkey, Russia. I, I don't know uh -huh. how um, how familiar are you with the S four hundred? Are you thinking it's a phone or are you thinking it's something else? The S four hundred. Yeah. My first uh, idea was uh, maybe it's a smartphone or it's a new Samsung mobile, mobile phone, but um, maybe it's uh, uh, an aircraft. <laughs> no, well, not super far. It is an anti-aircraft missile. Okay. Um, air, well, missile system. Uh, and it's a Russian-built anti-aircraft missile system. And the Russians have gone extremely good at making anti-aircraft missiles. Mm. Um, there's a good reason for that. We know in the Netherlands. Oh. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah. <laughs> I said we, <laughs> we know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but there's a reason why they're so good at this. And the reason is that during the Cold War, the, uh, the uh, capitalist dogs, as they would say, had very, very good planes. Mm -hmm. So the Russians were really investing into really good anti-aircraft missiles. And the S-400 has been described as a very, very good anti-aircraft missile. Not mm -hmm. to mention that they're going to be soon coming up with the S-500 missile, which has been said that it can take out targets in lower Earth orbit. <laughs> this one hasn't come out yet. This is, this is the one the weapon geeks are gonna sleep in front of the Apple store for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the S-400, been described as a very, very good uh, missile system. Mm -hmm. And um, the, Turk, the Turks have bought it. Uh, two, it cost them two and a half billion uh, dollars, I think this was. Okay. But they got S-400 anti-aircraft missiles. Hmm. Um, the uh, the uh, Russian foreign minister, uh, Lavrov, is Lavrov? Yeah, Lavrov, yeah. Um, has also said that uh, they are very uh, excited to see if they can increase uh, or can discover more military cooperation between Turkey and Russia. Okay. Um, so that sounds like... They're falling in love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> However, you you could not be more wrong. I well, I said it. I could not be more wrong. Remember that I told you about three conflicts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shall just go through it quickly. Armenia, Azerbaijan. Technically, that war is kind of over, but it's very unstable situation. So I'm just going to list it all just to be sure. Yeah. Armenia supported by Russia. Azerbaijan supported by Turkey. Libya, UN recognized government supported by Turkey. Libya, Haftar government supported by Russia. Syria, mm. rebels supported by Turkey. Syria yeah. government supported by Russia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call a hat trick. Is... <laughs> I knew about this last one. That's what I was wondering about because I knew that the Russians were also involved in this. And uh, but yeah, this is this is a clear hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, they sort of seem, and this is not like there's also some. Mm, relatively minor territorial things between them on the or territorial sort of semi-territorial things on the black sea mm -hmm. um there is uh the russians actually have been increasing their eastern mediterranean 
uh, presence quite a bit. Okay. Um, there were. <laughs> this is just a little. I just want to tell you something semi-related to this. That's why I'm telling gotcha. you this. Um, Another in the Belgian summer, streaker. the Russians had nine <laughs> vessels between Cyprus and Syria. Um, nine. Okay. Um, Navy vessels, and I'm talking Syria. I'm talking like frigates and submarine kind of vessels. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you think nine is a lot. Uh, well. Mm, for uh, yeah. Do you want to take I a guess? This is what I really want you to know. Do you uh, want to take a guess how big the Dutch Navy is in total, all the boats? Uh, yeah, I think it's not a very big number to be honest. I think maybe we have like thirty. Thirty-two. Okay. Thirty-two is not bad. Okay. But apparently, so, in navy terms, yeah. nine is something to be worried about. If it's not in your own harbor, if it's just floating somewhere off the yeah. coast in a group, you sort of get a little worried. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Russians actually have quite a presence um, in the Eastern Mediterranean, and well. Interestingly enough, in the territorial dispute between Greece and Turkey, they have so far to be seen to be siding with the Greeks. Okay. Um, which is interesting. However, Russia has protested or protested, yeah, say protested against U.S. sanctions against Turkey. Oh. Isn't that fun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But did they that... Did they do that because they were they wanted to support uh, Turkey or, <laughs> or no. just be anti-US? <laughs> also, no. no. You you want to take a guess why the US put sanctions on Turkey? Um, no. <laughs> you can you can figure this out. I'm now thinking about whether Erdogan made a visit to the White House uh, <laughs> or vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> No, think about think about think about phones. Um, Samsung well, Galaxy S four hundred, maybe. Oh uh, yeah, is it this? <laughs> yeah, it is this. <laughs> okay. Um, the US put sanctions on uh, on the Turks after they bought the S four hundred missile system. Mm. Uh, now it seems a bit petty, but if you think about this. It's actually, it's one of the very reasonable things I think the Trump government has done, mm-hmm. um, because they're both in NATO, um, yeah. and NATO shares not only sort of a, a dedication to to help each other in in times of need and and military training and such, but they also share knowledge about technology. Mm-hmm. So, and these, these weapon systems, look, if we have a fight and I buy a sword from your buddy, you don't have to be worried so much that the sword that I bought from your buddy is that I'm going to learn how to stab you through your mithril or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But these are fairly complex electronic IT whatever systems. Yeah. So the worry that the US has that if you integrate these Russian weapons into a NATO ally, the Russians will have a way in into sort of the NATO hardware setup. Yeah. So somebody buying an essential part of their defensive structure from what is the main antagonist of NATO still yeah. is a security risk mm-hmm. or is perceived to be so 
by the United States. Yeah. So they have sanctioned there, and that's rare. It is very rare that a that a, a NATO member puts sanctions on a on a fellow NATO member. That's already yeah. rare, and especially mm-hmm. in sort of a semi-military conflict, yeah. it doesn't happen often. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, I can see why, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is a completely reasonable thing to do. Yeah. If I would make a list from all the reasonable and unreasonable things the Trump administration has done, this one is going to get a pretty good spot. Yeah. Yeah. Top five. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very long list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for you to get. yeah, I'd have to, I have to think about it for a while. I think I, um, so, um, now if you're thinking about sanctions, the, the, uh, some of the Arab nations have put sanctions on Turkey, mostly because of their support for Qatar. Okay. Um, the EU uh, has thought long and hard of putting sanctions on Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to come with a conclusion in March. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> That's how we roll in Europe. Huh? <laughs> See you next year. <laughs> hmm. I mean, you know. It's uh, that gas is going to stay there, hopefully for a little while longer. We have time. <laughs> so um, I think this was uh, this was the story that I prepared. How, what are you? Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's for me. Um, I mean, uh, of course, in in the well, let me say this. This is the side stream media, the sound stream media. <laughs> But, and I, I really noticed why this is a side stream story and not a mainstream one because in the mainstream media of course you hear some stories about Turkey when there is a, a conflict or and this really clearly shows how um, yeah all the, the things that happened over time developed and why they are uh, why Erdogan is in this current position um, and um, yeah also, it uh, gives more understanding about how are, yeah how are they acting and operating. So um, so first of all, it's very interesting. <laughs> it's also uh, uh, a very clear demonstration about international politics and how how uh, difficult it can be for for some countries, <laughs> like and the different positions they have, of course. So you mentioned Russia, who are yeah basically. They're selling something to Turkey, but in every conflict they're against Turkey. <laughs> but yes. then the support uh, of the, the, the they are opposed to the the, the the U.S. sanctions on Turkey. So, yeah, uh, they they're really picking their fights. <laughs> let me say that. <laughs> um, and uh, I can really see why um, why people are saying where you started off with that something is going to happen there. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm really wondering, um, yeah, how how this will, yeah, evolve, and uh, how long Erdogan still will maintain power. And uh, I mean, that's but it, it's sort of a tragedy, of course, because, uh, like I said, I think when he started off, he did really pretty well, and economically, it it went very well, but just over the last years. Maybe since 2010. I don't know if that's a good year to... But yeah, it's getting worse and worse. I mean, Israel and, uh, would agree with you, but... Uh. Yeah. 
So, um, but I'm really, yeah, wondering how this, yeah, what the next chapter will be, what this next year will entail for them. Yeah, yeah I, I have very What are your similar, thoughts on that? I, I have a very similar view on, on that. And this is like the funny thing about this is, right? For, for me, this is sort of the, this is the second time I present my research to someone. But this mm -hmm. is the, I don't know, ninth time I've, I've been through this research thing, right? Yeah. And I think I've come across Azerbaijan three times. Before I started to do this, I never came, I, like I, I knew it was there, yeah. that's it. I've gone past Erdogan at least three times as well. Like there's some, and maybe it's just where I'm interested in, but it's mm -hmm. also, and maybe it's part that I want to stay away from, from uh, Trump stories. I don't mind if it gets there a little bit, but I don't really want to do like a deep story on Trump because he's always there. Yeah. And somehow like these, these couple things, and even like the story, like the UAE, like honestly, yeah. like last, last week I did UAE things. It was about football this time I'm reading. I was started reading about Greece and Turkey. Mm -hmm. UAE sent planes to Turkey and I was like, uh, planes to Greece. And I was like, can I not yeah. escape anyone for once? And then the funny, but the funny thing is that it, of course all these things, they're all connected things, right? And we like we haven't talked about a very complicated relationship between Egypt and Turkey, which goes back long. Iran and Turkey, yeah. which you can probably write a three-hour episode on if you'd want to. Mm. But yeah, you, you're right. There's such a complicated the international relations is such a complicated thing. I've never seen Jersey Shore. But I'm going to say that it's a bit like Jersey Shore, then just a whole lot more complicated. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's definitely... And um, if, if you would think of the world uh, and its its countries as a group of friends or people... <laughs> Frenemies. With, uh, yeah, who know each other. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes a bit sense, of course. But the, what I was thinking about as well is that uh, you, because you mentioned uh, Erdogan with his, um, his Ottoman uh, palace he built, Mm -hmm. And I remember because, of course, in the Netherlands, we have this um, uh, multicultural society, this, uh, the, which was a project in the 90s, I think, to, to make sure that everybody, all cultures would... I think it's still a project, too. I don't think we it's fixed still, it. It's still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... And um, um, I remember when I was in high school, I read something in history class about this Ottoman Empire and where... Um, um, where this empire was a mixture of Muslims, of Jews, of all different people, maybe even Europeans. But everybody really assimilated and were able to live with each other and in a very harmonious, harmonious way. And yeah, maybe this would be my advice to Mr. Erdogan, if he is listening. I don't know, but I can imagine. I, I, I don't know. Because I, I will be a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure I'm going to be convicted I'm, of something. <laughs> I'm also wondering whether uh, which kind of podcast apps are blocked in, in Turkey. I mean, um, Spotify. I don't know whether you can listen to Spotify or, or Apple Music, iTunes. But uh, that, yeah, that when he walks through his palace of with all these Ottoman uh, objects, maybe he can take that into account. Like, yeah. So that's a wonderful message. That's a yeah. So yeah. I mean, we're talking about the, I think, 1400s there, but yes, I, I do agree. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and Mr. Artikon, if you're listening, uh, I've never been naked in the Hunger uh, Sophia. <laughs> so please consider that. 
Yeah, that's also one of the questions that still is my head. Like, who is this woman? Why was she doing this? Well, really, look, if you want to, I know a little bit, but like, like what I know from the Vatican, this is something that is quite, this was quite, quite exciting, I thought. She was arrested mm-hmm. in the Vatican because she was carrying around like a Jesus-sized, not, not Jesus-sized, the size Jesus was nailed on cross, naked <laughs> through the Vatican. Uh, <laughs> okay. And I read the story about how she got arrested in the Vatican because, you know, if you're reading that at, at some point, this was during that I was reading human rights stories, right? So at some point you were like, yeah, okay, this is about a naked lady getting arrested in the Vatican. I need something easy. <laughs> yeah. So apparently the, the, the Vatican police wanted to, uh, wanted to also get the cross with them. Okay. Uh, but they, uh, they couldn't figure out how to, they, they sort of got into their apartment and they wanted to take the cross with them because the cross was at that point in the apartment. But then they figured out it was too much effort to take it down the stairs. Uh, <laughs> 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 and it's like those kind of stories that you just, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. But go to like this lady, you know, all power to you. It's, yeah. uh, it's good photography. It, it, yeah. No, I, I'll, I'm definitely going to look up some pictures uh, to see uh, which kind of other uh, herit- international heritage she, she already went to. But uh, maybe she can also make a visit here uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, but mean, maybe she's somewhere Belgium, in jail. I guess yeah, she already okay. has. I'm, I guess yeah. she's already been naked on the dump. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you do it in 2020, nobody notices. <laughs> no, that, that's right. Yeah. And uh, with these temperatures, you, uh, well... I mean, all listeners can uh, can visualize how that would look like. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's going to be uh, you know uh, popsicle nipples, as they call them. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. All right, Shu. Um, yeah, you ready to call it an evening? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's a lot of uh, things to to think about as well, and I'm also definitely going to look up some some uh, some things and. Um, also, very good to know that uh, that S four hundred isn't a smartphone, but it, it's a rocket system. You should look those up actually, because they they look really funky. Because uh, okay. I I don't know what you imagine with anti air missiles. Well, I've 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 been playing these uh, command and conquer general uh, thingies. Yeah. And those were just like buildings with these movable. Uh, yeah. Are you think rockets firing at? Rockets, basically. Yeah, you, you're thinking the Patriot. This is the, the American missile, right? Yeah, yeah. This really, like, it looks a bit like... It, it's on the back of a truck. It's one of those North Korean nukes trucks, right? You, okay. you know what that truck looks like? Yeah, yeah. But then it really looks like like empty toilet rolls. Four <laughs> empty toilet rolls next to each other. Well, more like keukenrollen. It's a Dutch yeah. word. If you're not Dutch, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> big toilet rolls. Um... And that's what it looks like. If it doesn't, it looks like you could make music on it. It doesn't look like you're going to shoot anything out of the sky with it. But um, I mean, so basically, I never made any anti-aircraft capabilities. So no, but but basically, if Erdogan and and Putin were were celebrating uh, Santa Claus, Santa Claus in the Netherlands, which would make some kind of sense because I believe that Santa Claus originally is from Turkey. Yeah. Uh, then Erdogan uh, would be able to make this anti this S four hundred with with his kitchen uh, rolls <laughs> for for, sure. for Putin. He w- yeah okay yeah well yeah, that's yeah. maybe uh, yeah. I mean I'm not I don't know how well, how good it is in arts and crafts, um, 
I will say this, his, his foreign policy doesn't seem to hold together very well, uh, but maybe he's, better at, maybe he's better at arts and crafts. He can explore his talents, yeah. And he's a very okay. good poet. Uh, this is something I know about Erdogan. He's a very good poet, or he wants to be a very good poet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay. Yeah, he does a lot of poetry. So that is, that is, you know, a little bit of a nice side of him, I suppose. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. So the S400. S400, look it up. I will buy one, and and it it would definitely be funny um, if if there would be some sort of an Apple event like this, ladies and gentlemen. Here is the new <laughs> anti-rocket system. Yeah, that would be pretty. Oh, I should write a sketch about this. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, all right, you. Uh, I would say. Um, uh, wait. Well, thank you very much. First of all. Not only for this, but also like uh, all the podcast advice, inspiration, all the things. Uh, Jules actually the person that told me to make a, a side stream podcast. Uh, he was thinking about something wildly different than this. <laughs> but nevertheless, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all the support. Um, thank you, Alex. And uh, my pleasure, of course. And uh, thank you for the interesting story or stories. It was a very interesting hour talking about this. So uh, my pleasure. And uh, Everybody who's listening, uh, still listening, um, I would totally recommend to follow the Sizer Media on all channels, of course. <laughs> Subscribe, like, comment. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Do you want to do you want to plug your own podcast, uh, Shul? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, the the thing is that I the private uh, podcast. Yeah, my private one. Yeah, because I'm still. Uh, I I said at the beginning that I I haven't been in a podcast since July. And uh, yeah, my private ones. I, I even also was thinking about making a, a new one, a public one, uh, with interviews. But um, since I've been working, start working from the first of December. Yeah, I needed some bit more time to work on this and find time to do it. But um, but I'll be back. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then uh, well, generally, I'm always happy to talk to you. So I might come back in the show. And if you have your own podcast, then uh, you know we make it. We will definitely get you on the show. Oh, and I'll, I'll find an extra fun podcast mafia based story. I'm not sure if there is one, oh, but yeah. if there is one, that would be great. Side three media story. Yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, this was uh, the Sound Stream Media Side Stream Media Productions podcast for tonight. Uh, good night and uh, Godverdamme. Bo 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 bo.